Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. We come to you this morning full of our aches and pains, our woes, our sorrows, perhaps with some joys from our week. But it's been the usual roller coaster. And we come needing to be reminded that you are able, that your love, that deep love of Jesus, has conquered everything that matters in the lives that we live. And so we thank you. Amen. Do please take a seat. Um, I asked what was there that was unfair in that story. But there's actually a number of things that you could say are unfair in that story. So I decided it would be helpful if we had the story twice. So we're going to hear it uh, all over again. And this time we're going to have some Lego to help us. So can we have the first slide up, please, Barry? Um, Adam and Eve had a son. I should say this gets a warning on the, on the, on the Lego Bible about its explicitness, but, you know, fine. But remember, folks, what we're listening for is what is it in this story that's unfair? There may be some ideas already. Adam and Eve had a son, then Eve said, I'll name him Cain, because I got him with the help of the Lord. Later, she had another son and named him Abel. Abel became a sheep farmer. But Cain farmed the land. Settle down. So on the next slide, one day, Cain gave part of his harvest to the Lord. And Abel also gave an offering to the Lord. He killed the firstborn lamb from one of his sheep and gave the Lord the best parts of it. Now, the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering, but not with Cain and his offering. This made Cain so angry that he could not hide his feelings. And the Lord said to Cain, what's wrong with you? Why so angry? If you'd done the right thing, you'd be smiling, but you did the wrong thing, and now sin is waiting to attack you. Like a lion, sin wants to destroy you, but don't let it. Now Cain said to his brother, let's go for a walk. And when they were out in a field, Cain killed Abel. (laughs) 
And afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, Where is Abel? I don't know, he answered. Am I, do I have to look after my brother? And the Lord said, Why have you done this terrible thing? You killed your own brother and his blood flowed on the ground. Now his blood is calling out for me to punish you. And so I'll put you under a curse because you killed Abel and made his blood run out on the ground. You won't be able to farm the land again. Well, thank you, Barry. Let's uh, take those out for the moment. But you may have some ideas already. Now, remember I said I think there's a number of things. It's not about getting this right or wrong. Where do you think? Let's begin with children. Can you think of any places in the story where there was any unfairness? Okay, adults, join in. Where do you think there was unfairness? Well, well. Uh, Sandra first, then Lawson. How was that unfair? Sorry. So, where's the unfairness in the story? Oh, okay. I hadn't thought of that one. All right, fine. Lawson. What was wrong with Cain's sacrifice in the first place? Others. He did. He didn't give the best. Thank you, Margaret. Other unfairnesses. Ian. Someone who was innocent died. Any others? Any upstairs offerings? Oh, there's a Jill. Always make me work. <laughs> Jill. And the labourers at the harvest at the end of the, in the last hour got the same amount as the ones who worked. How's that story unfair? The ones who worked all day got more, got the same as the ones who'd been done an hour. This story, Abel and Cain. I'm not sure I'm seeing that in that story. Tammy. Go on. Um, because I can't remember who gave the, the first, gave the, his offering first, mm-hmm. and then the brother upped the offering. Uh, but the first guy had actually given the offering first, and, and you know, he thought he was doing a good thing. So okay. God, not approving, wasn't fair. Right. There's something around the offerings. Now, if you think about the story, the way it works is that Cain uh, brings the um, uh, Cain brings the fruit of the, the land, remember that carrot, and he gives it to God, uh, and then Abel brings from his flock of sheep uh, what was what's called the fat portions, the the, 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 the best. 
Now, uh, after that, because God liked the uh, sheep that Abel brought and didn't seem to like the carrot, whatever it may have been, that Cain brought, Cain got really angry. Got so angry, he went and killed Abel. So an innocent man died. That was one of the unfairnesses. But one of the deep unfairnesses is why, why, why did, was God pleased with what Abel brought, the sheep, and not pleased with what Cain brought, the carrots or the crops or whatever it may have been? And there are possibilities. Is there something about the gift? And Margaret got that. Because there's, uh, there is a clear thing in the, in the uh, scripture that says uh, Abel brought the best. But there's nothing to say that Cain didn't bring the best. So lots of people think it was something to do with the gift. It may be something to do with the names. Do you remember at the beginning of the story, um, the very beginning, the picture may have blotted it all out from your mind, but the, the, the beginning of the story, Eve says, I have got me a man... And I will call him Cain. And Cain sort of means, got me. Uh, And there's just something in the text that makes it feel like Eve is really pleased she's got a real man uh, But when she got Cain. Abel's name sort of means breath, (sighs) vapor, something that doesn't last. And it may be that Cain grew up kind of all strong and uh, ready to do everything manly, and Abel didn't. And then maybe that's one of the reasons why Cain got so angry, because that was his nature. But it doesn't say that. The point is we don't know. And that's really important. Because when life is unfair, we don't know why it's unfair. If we could blame something else, we would. But that would be the reason. And if that was the reason, then it wouldn't be a problem of being unfair. Unfair means we don't understand. We do not know why things are the way they are. And that's the way of this book, the first book of the Bible, Genesis. It tells us about things without explaining them. It just says, this is the way it is, and we don't know. But this is what we have to do about it. We know that the Old Testament is full of unfairness full of stories of God's favour, not to the obvious one, not to the firstborn like Cain, but to the ones born after, when being firstborn in those days meant everything. So, uh, how many examples can you think of? Adults, I guess, I guess this. Go on. Jacob and Esau. Joseph, Ishmael and Isaac, David and his brothers, Adam and Eve, no, I'm thinking about those who are born, Adam and Eve are created. But yeah, those are the four I got, Uh, Isaac and Ishmael, Jacob and Esau, Joseph and his brothers, David and his brothers. And then there are also those who've got no children and they suddenly get children, or those who come from the wrong side of the tracks, like Gideon or Amos, and they get raised up by God. The point is not what is it that explains the unfairness, but what has to happen because of it. When faced with a cake or with some Fanta or some donuts, 
we can make what happens fair, but that is very rare. Normally, life is too complicated. I came across this really, really... um, uh, um, I found it really important, helpful quote from a Jewish rabbi from uh, 20 years ago. He said this about Cain and Abel. Reconciliation turns out to be beyond the resources of our fallen world. And that's the end of what he said. He had nothing else to say beyond saying it was impossible. But we do have something else to say. Fairness is not easily possible. Something unfair has happened in the story and God has to work out what to do about it. The letter to the Hebrews tells us that all the generations later, God sort of made it up to Abel. And that was one of the questions that was raised when I asked you what was unfair. In the death of Jesus, the letter to the Hebrews said God was making up for all the ways, not just Cain's, in which we go putting ourselves first. And it started off this really big thought in my head about how the Bible is generally just not fair. It does not look for even dividing of cakes and donuts and Fanta. God almost always takes the side instead of those who could feel that life was unfair. He takes the side of Abel. He takes the side of Joseph. He takes the side of Jacob. He takes the side of David. It wasn't fair that Esau was stronger than Jacob, so God took Jacob's side. It wasn't fair that Joseph's brothers were horrible to him, so God made him next in power to Pharaoh. It wasn't fair that David's brothers thought he didn't matter, so God made him king. God is always walking into things that look unfair and then not making them fair, not making them, un, uh, not making them equal, in that sense, fair, but doing something amazing for the person who's been left out. I want to tell you a story about a friend. Many of you will know him. <clears throat> Tom Chapman is the minister uh, who looks after Surrey Chapel here in Norwich. Some time ago, he had a bad disease in his brain, and he wrote that it wasn't fair. And we might think that he was right. He's a church minister, helping people. We all know that church ministers are good people. And it's not fair that he got a bad disease. But that's not what he thought. He wrote this. It's not fair. It's not fair that having this problem in my brain, I've got such amazing medical care when many don't. It's not fair that I have such an amazing family to love me when many don't. It's not fair that I have such a church to pray for me when many don't. And it's not fair that I know the secret of life after death in Jesus when many don't. That's the point. God doesn't even out unfairnesses. He throws at his world the greater unfairness that we we call mercy. Left to myself, I would have all the cake, and probably so would you. Left to ourselves, you might have all the donuts. I wouldn't have all this because I don't actually like it. But... uh, I'd be willing to be generous, but only because I don't like it. But left to ourselves, we hog things for ourselves. But God has not left us to ourselves. It wasn't fair of him to send Jesus, but he did. 
It wasn't fair of Jesus to make things right between me and God, but he did. It wasn't fair of God to love me so much that he's made me fit to live with him forever, but he did. And that's what we might remember when we think life isn't fair. We do sometimes have to divide the cake equally because it's the best we can do. But the secret at the heart of the universe is that fairness is not enough for God. He's wildly, fabulously, enormously unfair, but in our favor. And we call that mercy. So let's give thanks for the good unfairness that has met us and act to others with a better than fairness, with a more than fairness, because of it. Now, I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment and we're going to say something about Jesus. It's going to be part of a letter that St. Paul wrote. And it tells us about the unfairness that God did with Jesus. He sent Jesus. It wasn't fair, but he did it. Jesus went to death on a cross. That wasn't fair, but he did it. And God raised him up. Not because that was just the fair thing to do, but because it was glorious and wonderful and splendidly unfair and merciful. And that's what we're going to talk about as we say these words. Let's affirm our faith. In Jesus Christ, the Son of God, using these words from St. Paul in Philippians. Please stand. Now, children, uh, you you may not be able to read that, but uh, we're going to use some long words or difficult words. We're going to say divine, which means like God. And we're going to say equality, which means uh, being the same as. I think those are probably the difficult words, but let's say these words as we are able to together. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a slave, he was born in human likeness. He humbled himself and was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has raised him on high and given him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every voice proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen.